Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. I'd like to welcome all those in our Grovetown campus, those in our South campus, those watching online and on demand. And what a great day to be in church. I was a little nervous yesterday because uh, Georgia and the Clemson games, you know, I... It was just so close, you know, and it, it changes the whole dynamic because all these Georgia people, man, you're wearing the, you're repping the brand, you're excited, you're happy to be here, uh, and but if it would have gone just a little bit the other way, I'd be here just mourning with you and trying to get you through the morning, <laughs> and so it's a great day to be here. Of course, if you're a South Carolina fan, we dominated this week, um, <laughs> dominated South Carolina State, you know, it's... Well, you know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the elderly man that needed a, uh, to go in for surgery? And it just so happened that his son was a doctor. His son was a surgeon. And so he showed up at the hospital, and they were, right before he went under, he asked the nurse if he could have a conversation with his son. And so the surgeon came in, and, and he said, Look, I know that you're, you're probably nervous operating on your dad, and uh, I understand that, but I just want you to know this. I just, don't be nervous. Just do your best. And remember, if it doesn't go well, if something happens to me, that your mother is going to move in with you and your wife. <laughs> but today we're continuing our harvest series as we look at a subject called sowing and reaping. And we know that this series has been built around milestone moments. All of us have milestone moments. Those are the moments in your life that you have, you experience something that is so significant that you mark it. It's like one of those moments that says, I want to remember this for the rest of my days. I want to hold on to this moment because this moment is unique and this moment is special. A couple of weeks ago, Patty and I had an opportunity to take our staff uh, just through our journey, and we uh, started that journey by visiting the borrowed living room. Take a look at this clip. On November 29, 1987, 24 of us gathered in this house, and we started what would become Stevens Creek Church. In those days when we gathered, we had this passion to reach beyond ourselves, to reach the harvest. And in fact, it is in this house that we said, we want to start a church of the harvest. That was the original name of Stevens Creek because we looked at the Bible verse where Jesus said, look unto the fields for they're white unto harvest. And that Bible verse spoke to us and said, what if we could start a church that would welcome people from all over? Over the years, we've seen a lot of changes, but one thing that has never changed, it is our desire to see the lost found and the broken healed. That very call on our lives way back then 
continues to be strong today. And I realize that God has graced us and given us just a unique opportunity to, to be here for our entire ministries, to raise our family here, and to have such a wonderful church family. And that's why our church embodies the call to reach beyond ourselves, to encourage people to come to faith, to experience life in the power of His Spirit. The anointing that God placed on Stevens Creek Church in 1987 is still strong today. So our theme verse is John chapter 4 and verse 35. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open up your eyes and look into the fields, for they are ripe unto harvest. Open up your eyes and look into the fields, for they're ripe unto harvest. Jesus used these words to teach his disciples the importance of sharing their story, the importance of sharing their faith with other people. Their friends were the harvest, and Jesus is encouraging them to reach beyond themselves and say, hey, why don't you come to church with me Sunday? Jesus often used farming illustrations like the concept of the harvest to connect with his listeners. They lived, you see, in an agricultural community. And so people, when they heard these uh, analogies, they, they got it. They understood the process. They knew about sowing seeds. They knew about watering. They knew about fertilizing and weeding and ultimately receiving the harvest. When you hear the word sowing, uh, most people, when they hear the word sow, they immediately think about a needle and thread. But here it's different. We're not talking about an S-E-W that you sow with needle and thread. We're talking about an S-O-W that, that you sow um, the seed. Jesus uh, understood that, um, that the farmers had to sow the seed. And back then they didn't have tractors. And they didn't have machinery, so they had to sow the seed by hand. The original word for sowing meant broadcasting. You carried a bunch of seed in a uh, little bag, and then you'd, in a sack, and you'd put your hand, and you'd grab the seed, and you would throw it out. You would broadcast that seed. Today, the word broadcasting is used in radio and it's used in television because they are sowing seeds. They are distributing content to a wide audience. The laws of sowing and reaping can apply to any area and every area of your life because we're all sowing seeds. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Here's how it works. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to get back. Whatever you give, that's what you're going to get. It always comes back to you. In fact, one verse in the Old Testament says you can cast your bread upon the water and in not too many days it's going to come back to you. So, very practically, if you cast out, if you broadcast anger, if you broadcast envy, if you broadcast mistrust, that's what's going to come back to you. 
On the other hand, if you broadcast kindness, if you broadcast love, if you sow joy, you can expect that to come back because you will reap what you sow. So today, I want to share with you six laws of sowing and reaping, and I believe that these six laws will help you come to the place where you will increase the harvest of your life. So here's number one. Nothing happens until a seed is planted. Nothing happens until a seed is planted. Everything starts as a seed. Every life, every dream, every idea, every achievement started as a seed idea. This church started as a seed. We had this dream of creating a safe place where people from all around could come here and live and hear the life-changing message of Jesus. We wanted a safe place where you could invite your friends. Everything starts as a seed. If it didn't come from a seed, then it's not alive. So what is a seed? Very practically, a seed is anything valuable that I give away. A seed is anything valuable that I give away. Think about the last time that you were in a conversation And maybe somebody said something. And the minute they said something, it was like this flash of lightning came. And you had this idea. Well, that idea that you had, that flash of lightning, that flash of inspiration, that was a seed. And somebody gives you advice. I mean, good advice. That's a seed. When you give away that advice, that's, that's a seed, that's a value to that. When you give away your time, there's value to that. When you give away your money, there's value to that. When you give away your experience, there's value to that. When you give away your love, there is value to that. A seed is anything of value that I give away in order to help somebody else. It could be time. It could be money. It could be appreciation, wisdom, energy. It could even be your words. Here's a second idea. I plant by faith and not by my feelings. I plant by faith and not by my feelings feelings. Farming is hard work. And when a farmer gets up in the morning, he doesn't always feel good about going to work. But if a farmer waited till he felt good before he went out and planted his crops, he would never get the harvest that he needed. But the farmer gets out there anyway, regardless of how he feels. He plants the seed, believing that it's the harvest or the crops are going to come up. There are days I am sure that most farmers just don't want to get out of, don't, do not want to get out of bed, just like you. There are days that you would just rather roll over and hit that snooze button. You say, oh, I just can't get out of bed today. I just can't do it. And, and there are days that you just don't want to do that. But you do it anyway. Because you realize what you are doing matters. You realize that your life makes a difference. 
that you realize that it is important that you get out of bed and you get those kids ready for school and you change that diaper. You realize it is important that you show up at work so that your family can be taken care of. You just do that because you believe in what you're doing. Patty and I have several things that we say to each other. And one of the most common things that we say uh, just to each other, uh, we say this phrase, well, that's what owners do. That's what owners do. And we often say that when we're working on a project that, um, that maybe late at night, maybe everybody that was helping us has gone home, and yet this, still, this project needs to be done, and we're just rolling up our sleeves, and we're knee-deep in it, and we just said, that's what owners do. That's just what owners do. Look, life is not always glamorous, and so you cannot look at somebody's Facebook post or Instagram post and envy their life because they're just showing you reels, and those reels uh, are just glimpses of their life. It does not describe their entire existence. They're showing you the best. But there are times when it's uh, you, and they're showing you the best, and you think, man, their life is just perfect. Man, I, I wish I had their life. But let me say that to get to the highlights of your life, you've got to roll up your sleeves and you've got to go to work. You've got to put some work in it. The farmer doesn't always want to get up early, doesn't always want to plant. He doesn't always want to fertilize, or fertilize doesn't always want to weed. He plants when he doesn't feel like it. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes you don't feel like it. You don't feel like it, but you say, I am going to walk by faith. You look at your circumstances, and your circumstances are not glamorous. Your circumstances are painful. They're difficult. But yet, you say to yourself, I choose to believe. I am walking by faith faith. This week, I read a scripture that I've read many times before, but it really spoke to me in a different way in light of this message. It comes from Psalm chapter 126. It says, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Those who plant in tears. In other words, there will be days that when you are planting those seeds, you're literally crying because your heart is broken. You're in a very painful place, but yet because um, you know there's a need, you're, you're out there working the field. Next verse, it says, they weep as they go to plant their seed. They're going out to go to work, and they're weeping on the way to work. They weep as they plant their seed, but they sing when they return with the harvest. They sing when they return with the harvest. You don't live by your feelings. You live by faith. Sometimes I plant when I'm tired. Sometimes I plant when I'm distracted. Sometimes I plant when I'm stressed. Sometimes I plant when I am in deep, deep grief. I move ahead in faith because I believe that there are better days coming. 
I believe that the best is ahead of us, not behind us. And I expect God to move. I said there's six things. Here's number three. When I have a need, I should plant a seed. When I have a need, I should plant a seed. When a farmer looks at his barren crop, he doesn't gripe, he doesn't complain, he doesn't even pray. He just starts planting. Hear me on this. There are times in your life when it is more important for you to plant than it is for you to pray. Hear me on this. Some of you are about, uh, some of you have invested a lot of time praying about a relationship. That's good. But maybe it's time for you to start planting. Some of you have been praying about this new business, and that is good. You need to pray about this new business. But I'm telling you, maybe it's time to start planting. Do something. The farmer can look at this barren field and say, Oh, God, please let my corn crop grow. Then God says, Well, son, did you plant any seed? No. Then it's not going to happen. Because sometimes it's more important to plant than it is to pray. The farmer plants because he knows if there is no sowing seed, then there will be no harvest. Listen to the words of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 6. It said, in the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand. For you don't know which will prosper, either this or that or whether both alike will be good. Sow your seed. Some of you think that you're waiting on God, but honestly, God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you to plant that seed. God is waiting on you to to take that step. You're waiting on God for this miracle. You're waiting on God for this new job. You're waiting on God for this spouse, something that you want. And God is saying, I've been waiting for you to take the initiative to plant a seed. Because when you have a need, you need to plant a seed. If you don't make a deposit, there's not going to be a return. There's a har- this is a harvest series. And so in this message, I just want you, just for a moment, to think like a farmer. Just for a moment, think like a farmer. Here's a, the fourth one. I will always reap in a different season than I plant. I will always reap in a different season than I sow. It takes time for plants to grow. There's always this delay. I mean, you may plant the seed today, and if you plant the seed today, you should not expect to get fruit this afternoon. There's no instant success here. There's no instant success. You will always reap in a different season than you sow. Now, tomorrow in this auditorium, we'll have 150 church leaders from across America, and they're coming to the Give Conference. There'll be leaders from New York to Colorado, from Arkansas to Florida, and in between. And so many of these young leaders come in, and they see the success of a company or an organization 
And uh, they said, yes, I want that, and I want it now. It doesn't work that way. You plant in one season, you'll reap or harvest in another season. Speaking about the gift conference, um, on Tuesday afternoon, um, we're going to open it up to any of you. This is uh, a strange time, but, but around 3 o'clock, our last session will feature Benny Tate. And Benny uh, pastors in Milner, Georgia. In t- the 2020 census in Milner, Georgia, they had 772 people in their town. In their county, Lamar County, they have 18,000. Well, today, Benny will preach to over 7,500 people there at his church. And on Easter, he had over 12,000. Interesting story. You want to know where Governor Kemp goes to church? He goes to Rock Springs. He goes to Benny Tate's church. And uh, along with two congressmen and so forth, it is interesting to hear his story. So he'll be speaking here, and we'll open the doors for you, the Creekers, at um, 2.30, 3 o'clock, that afternoon, just to hear that. It's an amazing story. But anybody uh, that we, when you look at other stories, other churches, other companies, and you see something that is effective, you see something that is successful, just know that that success did not happen overnight. You'll always reap in a different season than you sow. In fact, this is what Ecclesiastes said. There's a time for everything and a a season for every activity under heaven. A time to plant. And then there's a time to uproot. There's a time to sow and a time to reap. Fruit ripens gradually and not all fruit ripen at the same time. Hear me. That project that you've been working on, that you've been planting seeds on, that you've been watering and and, um, weeding, it's going to come to pass. You're going to be able to eat of the fruit, but all of the fruit will not come at the same time. There's a process here. And so I just want to speak very clearly to you. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Listen to the words of Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. At the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We've got to be patient. Here's the blessing that the farmer enjoys. Number five, I will always reap more than I sow. I will always reap more than I sow. This is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 and 8. He said, still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted and they grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and 100 times as much as has been planted. He is talking about that there's exponential potential in every seed. You can increase your harvest by planting more seeds. This is the law of proportion. We will reap in proportion to what we sow. 
Let's go back to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 and verse 6. He said, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. A farmer knows that if he wants a crop, he has to sow a seed. It does not benefit the farmer to hoard the seed, to hold on to that seed. We all have a bucket. We all have a bucket of seeds. We have been given this ability to create wealth. Did you know that? Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 said, God has given you the ability to create wealth wealth. He has given you the ability to create seeds. And then we must look at our buckets and decide how much seed that we want to sow. The person who sows generously is going to reap generously. The person who sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. What this verse is saying is you get to choose. You get to choose the size of your harvest. You get to choose how much God blesses your life. If you want to sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. And Paul is using this section and this farming analogy to teach the people at Corinth the importance of of generosity and giving. Paul says you get to decide this is your decision. Just put God first. He's echoing what Proverbs chapter 3 said. He said, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crops. Now, Patty and I made this decision when early on in our marriage life. We didn't have much, but we put God first. We put God first, and we trusted him to meet our needs. We gave the first 10% of our income as a tithe to the Lord when we were living on food stamps. We gave the first 10% of our income as a tithe to the Lord when we lived in government-subsidized housing. We understood this principle, to put God first. And I honestly believe that God has blessed that, and God has honored that. We have seen God's blessing. He has been faithful over and over and over. And this is what Paul continues to write about. He said, and God is able to bless you. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need. So in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound. You will abound in every good work. It really says that you'll have this abundance I believe you'll have the overflow. I believe that God will touch your life and you will see an overflow of blessing. God is able to give you everything you need when you need it. When we were completing the next gen building in 2009, we were weeks away from dedicating this new facility. We planned to dedicate the facility in August. And it was about the week of July 4th. 
The reason I just remember that detail is, is we were at Patty's parents' house in Cleveland, Tennessee. And our finance director called me up and said, uh, Marty, I've got, um, I've got a, a letter from a family, from a couple that left the church. Now, look, we get letters from people who leave the church. Oh, the music's too loud. Oh, it's just too cold in there. It's just too cold. Not, nobody even spoke to me. Oh, it doesn't matter. You came in late and left early, but <laughs> that doesn't matter. And so, you know, they like to communicate. And his jokes just aren't funny enough. Sometimes they just flop. But, but this was not that kind of letter. We got this, this letter from some folks that left the church, and when she opened it up, um, there was a check in it. But it wasn't just any check. It was a check for $340,000. At that point, we had never received um, a gift that size. Um, and so I called them to say thank you. And here's the response I got. I just did what the Lord told me to do. The Lord prompted me to sell our beach house and give all the money to the church. Now, he was not a part of the church after that. But his gift, their gift, has touched hundreds, I would say even thousands of children to this day. To this day, I mean, today we'll have 350 or so kids in, in those rooms. And so that seed that this family planted, even though they didn't see it unfold, I am telling you the kingdom of God has been blessed over and over and over again. And God used them to meet a need for us because as a result of that, we were able to complete the project. We were able to dedicate it in August of 2009. And here's the point. That couple and so many of you have learned what it means to put God first, to put God first in your finances. That's the key to financial security. To put God first. When you put God first, he will protect you, and I believe that he will provide for you. God is your provider. He is able to give you all things at all times, having all that you need. And you know what else? I believe that God will give you seed to sow. Some of you are saying, Marty said, I would love to, to give, but I am broke. I am behind on my payments. Uh, there's too much month left at the end of my money. Listen to God's word and just receive this. Now he, speaking of God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Seed to the sower. So maybe your prayer is, God, would you give me seed to sow? Because God said, if you need seed to sow, ask him for it. So he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply, and notice this, increase your store of seed 
and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Notice this. You will be enriched. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God is going to give you seed to sow when you ask him for it. God, help me to be a generous person. God, give me seed so that I can sow. He said that. You don't have to worry about it. He said he would supply that for you. He wants you to sow seeds. God wants to supernaturally provide for you. Now, here's the final point. The best time to plant is now. The best time to plant is now. In 2006, I walked in my office after lunch one day, and I saw a shovel that looked similar to this. And I thought that was very strange to walk in my office and see a shovel on my desk. I quickly asked the people around uh, the office. I said, okay, do you know anything about this shovel? What's up with the shovel? And they said, I don't know. I went to two or three people. And finally, I went to the front desk, and Cindy Lytle was there sitting at that front desk. Now, Cindy and her husband, Rob, came to the church in 1989, and they really helped the church with their volunteer efforts, their musical talents, and so forth for so many years to the point where she volunteered and then came on staff. And I said, do you know anything about the shovel? And he, she said, yeah. She said, I was praying this morning, and the Lord told me to go to the store and buy you this shovel because it is time to build. It's time to build. I needed that nudge to take that step to build that next-gen building so that our kids would have a place to find Jesus at their own level in an early age. I just needed that nudge. And this became just very real. And so we put together a team of architects and builders, and, and in 2008, we launched a giving campaign called the Imagine campaign. Imagine the possibilities. And we set March 9th, 2008 as the Sunday for our, our commitment Sunday. And it was on that day, everybody's going to bring a commitment card and you're going to make a three-year commitment to this building project. Except on 2009, that, that March 9th, 2008, that service never went off. We never had that commitment Sunday. Because that Sunday, instead of having commitment Sunday, we had a memorial service. Because Cindy, the one who bought the shovel, had left the office that morning and was coming back and was turning from River Watch to Stevens Creek Road and was hit head on. And she died that day. Instead of having a celebration, we all gathered in this auditorium and we remembered. 
I remember those words, Marty, it's time to build. And for some of you, that's a message for you. It's time for you to do something. It's time for you to build a new life. The path that you have been on is not the path that God wants you on. It's time for you to believe. It's time for you to have faith. It's time for you to sow that seed. That today is a day of decision. Today is the day that you're going to take your next step. So when I look across this auditorium, I envision the people at our South Campus, those in Grovetown and and all those watching online right now. I just speak to you that today is a day of decision. Today is a day of action. And there are some of you listening to me that you have wandered into this facility and you just rolled your eyes and said, oh my goodness, they're celebrating the church anniversary. I don't need to hear anything about that. But the Lord has ordered you uh, your footsteps today for this moment. And he's calling you to take that step of faith to surrender your life and the leadership of your life to Jesus Christ. It is time for you to plant your life in his field. It's time for you to be saved. In a few minutes, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But I want to speak to another group of you. It is like that you have been living your life marking time. That you take a couple of steps forward, you go take a couple of steps backwards, and you are just at a very comfortable place. And today the Lord is nudging you. And he's saying to you, it's time. It's time to build It's time to build a new future. It's time to take that step. And God is going to be nudging you. And if you have a spouse, I believe it's going to be a joint venture where, where God is speaking to you. And I want you to receive that prompting. I want you to receive um, that direction. And I want you to take that step. Today is your day. I want to pray for you. And I'd like for all of us to stand as we pray in South Campus, Grove Town. Let's all stand together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that this is a holy moment for Stevens Creek Church. A moment that has been set apart on this day. Because today is a day that we come as a church and we surrender to you. And we say, Jesus, be the leader and the Lord of our lives. So first of all, if you've never been saved, today is your day. And I just want you to pray this prayer. Say, and just, I'll lead you and say, Jesus, say that. Say, Jesus, save me. Say this. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, make me into the kind of person that you want me to be. I give you my life. 
fill me with your spirit. Father, I not only pray for those people that are making those decisions, but there are scores and scores of other people who are in the valley of a decision today. You are in a valley, and you're just trying to figure out your next step. You're trying to figure out what to do. And I would just say to you, today is the day to take that step. It may be uncomfortable. Um, It may be in a place where you have never been before. But the Lord is prompting you to step out, to trust him, and to believe that he will open the door for you. But as he opens the door, you must be ready to move forward. And so, Father, give us the courage and give us your favor. God, give us your anointing. Now, Father, I also pray for your blessing to come. You said in your word that you would give seed to the sower. I ask God that you would bring seed from unexpected places and that you would release that in this congregation. God, give us seed to sow. And Lord, we pray this all all together. God, we receive, say that, God, I receive what you have for me. Say that I receive what you have for me. Give me strength to take that next step. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Let's give him praise today. May God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.